0: Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound?
1: Does it matter? Dear Abby, dear Abby, dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby Podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Okay, you guys, how rude of me not be looking at my phone when i'm starting the episode so rude anyways give me one second i'm kidding welcome to today's episode of dear abby my name is abby i will be hosting this podcast for you guys and i'm super excited to be here with you i have had a little bit of a day today i say that every single thursday i think i just get every week just feels like a whole year I don't know what is happening to my brain or what has happened to my brain in the past two years, but I feel like every single day is a time warp. I don't know if this is how time has always felt to me, but it feels like it goes by slower and faster at the same time, which is a little bit weird. Yeah, today has been just a sad day for me. I've been on my period and I think that's what makes it extra emotional because I just have normal life stuff and everything just feels heavy like my heart feels really heavy and my chest feels tight uh maybe I have a cardiac problem um actually but hopefully not because I'm pretty young and my brain has just felt foggy and I've just felt like my eyes are heavy I don't know that's just what the experience has been for me today i had a major panic attack earlier today well i wouldn't say a panic attack i think it was more an anxiety attack and i don't know if there's like a big difference you know i don't really know too much about that but panic attacks are my understanding kind of happen more randomly and you don't really exactly know the cause it just happens and then you spiral it just happens in like a blink of an eye i feel like That happens to me not as often as it used to. When I was younger, it happened like, I'm not kidding, probably once every couple of weeks. Anxiety attack happened actually less often for me growing up. Um, But now it happens more often where I just feel very overwhelmed. And it happens gradually where eventually I'll just not snap because it's not like a snap and I'm manic. It's just I snap. It just is like, okay, this is, it's too big. It needs to be released. I just usually let it happen. And that usually just looks like crying for a good 30 minutes and letting all of the worry and the doubting and the exhaustion and the scared part of me, I think, surface is the best way to describe it. And all of those thoughts come up and I just cry through them and try not to answer anything but just feel it, you know, and that was today because I had, yeah, so it's more of an anxiety attack because it wasn't really random, I guess. It's nothing huge. And this is, I think, stemming from, we're getting right into it today. I don't have a ton of life updates for you guys. So I probably have funny things happen to me throughout the week, but I can't remember anything because like I said, time warp. So anyways, so I, what was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about the anxiety attack. So I've just been extra anxious in my relationship when there's time apart, which I've never been like that before ever in any relationship I've ever been in. And until after my divorce and maybe I should go into I've I've told the story about my divorce on on what we said podcast um and I hope that it helped some people who maybe have experienced something similar. Just know they're not alone. But I don't think I've really ever in depth talked about the details of it because I've always felt like that's like exposing my ex-husband or exploiting like something for a gain. And so I feel a little bit weird talking about it. And I also get insecure about talking about my divorce because I don't want people to think like I've made my whole personality my divorce, you know, but... That is something that's been extremely hard and challenging for me emotionally to get past. Just the way that it happened, I think. But I am i feel like I've moved past it, but I—that this, this there's certain wounds that I think will take a long time to heal. And I just think I'm doing my best and I don't let it destroy relationships I have now. I don't let it take control. But every once in a while, if there's anything similar to what happened with my ex, it's just immediately I feel so much anxiety and I can't help it like I can't just like tell it to go away do you know what I mean I hate when people say that my boyfriend that I have now we're best friends we have to work a lot on our relationship because I think we both are imperfect and we have to work on our communication and we've gotten so much better than when we first started dating The past day or so, it hasn't been like a week or anything or a couple of days. It's sort of just been like two days. My boyfriend has just wanted more alone time (laughs) to do whatever he's doing. And that's such a normal thing to ask in a relationship. I love my alone time. I love him, but I also love being alone. So nothing wrong with that. Anytime he ever asks or just not even, he doesn't like ask, can I have alone time? He's just like, hey, like I just want like a day to myself. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Internally though, I am so anxious. Those words give me so much anxiety. And I just feel like that's the beginning to the end. It's just so stupid, but... Just so no one else feels crazy or alone if they feel like this. Um, I don't know. I just had a lot of things resurface today. So I gave him alone time, of course. That happens not, like pretty often on both ends. And uh, we see each other every single day. So every once in a while, it's like, can I just have a day or two or something and I'm going to be by myself doing my own thing? Fine. I hyper focus on any tone shift, any shift in anything if he's talking to me a little bit differently, if, I don't know, like I try to analyze, I think, a conversation when I feel anxious. I'm trying to not do that to the point where I am now overthinking and start to get more insecure and more just anxious about the situation. That's not even a situation. I'm just anxious. And I was like, why am I so anxious like why do I get so anxious if he ever wants to be alone or like feels like he needs space for me and it's very obvious when I think about it because when I was married to my ex-husband when I was diagnosed with OCD I was pretty much couldn't didn't get out of bed um I was I would force myself to maybe take a class or go to the gym, but then I would keep my head down, I couldn't look at the sky, I couldn't get in my car without having a panic attack. I thought I was actually going crazy and I was I almost told him, my mom, like multiple times to just take me to the hospital because I think I'm going to go crazy. When my OCD was at its worst and I didn't know what it was before I got diagnosed, so I just legitimately thought I was going crazy. And sometimes I still am scared I am, but I've learned to accept the uncertainty. But it was really bad. I didn't, I was really scared. And um, I was trying my best to figure out what was going on with me. He was very distant throughout the whole thing. I always, in my head, I've always, and what I've seen too from aunts, uncles, relationships that I've seen, when someone goes through something hard, your spouse is the person that's there for you. And that's like a given to me when you get married. It's like do sickness and in health. So for me, that was not even a question that like, yeah, that's what we signed up for. And I'm trying my best and I'm doing everything I can. And I'm pushing myself to, you know, get out of bed, um, even though I was scared of literally my own awareness. And he just was so distant and just kept asking pretty much to have space for me. So that was actually the beginning of the end for me. So it was like a weekend here and then it was like another weekend. He'd go up to his parents' house and another state because he just needed some time. And I was always like, okay, yeah, like I know I'm not fun to be with, like go for it. But then it kept happening and then until eventually, you know, he had planned everything that he was going to leave. And then he came home after one of those trips that he just wanted some space for me. And, and not even like space, like we're separating. It was like, I'm mentally not doing okay because you're not. So I have to like take a leave pretty much, which again is fine a couple of times. But I feel like deep down, I knew that I didn't want that type of love where someone would run when things got hard, obviously. So anytime now my boyfriend asks for like a day or so of space, I get so anxious because That was the beginning of the end in my last relationship. And as much as I'm over that relationship, I would never want to get in that relationship ever again. I don't... Your brain doesn't forget that. Your brain doesn't forget the warning signs now. It doesn't forget like all the things that were done to you and right before someone abandons you. And quite literally, my hour of need. So... I think I just don't like talking about the logistics of it because I feel like I'm trying to get attention or trying to be like, oh, whoa is me, because I know everyone goes through something like that, something that's like just so heartbreaking and confusing, genuinely gives you a wound that feels, that feels gaping, you know? Yeah, I don't know, I've just felt so sensitive today, so I'm sorry I'm being a baby, but I almost recorded this tomorrow because I've been feeling really sensitive today, but I do want to show, like, I sometimes, I mean, I like showing all sides of someone's emotions and who people are, and I don't want to hide my sensitive side and be like, oh, I'm fine all the time, you know, because that's not true. I tell my boyfriend that it makes me anxious, and he's very understanding, and he's very sweet about it, and is very reassuring, so... I don't know, I even want to talk about that today. I don't know. I just feel like I can't really focus on anything else right now. Blech. Okay. So we can move on from that. But that's been my day today. And thank you guys for listening to me. It's okay if there's something that you feel like you've moved on from or you've worked past and it still comes up in moments that trigger it. It is your responsibility on how you react and treat others when you feel like that. But at the same time, it was not your fault that now you feel like this. So that's something that's always tricky to me. And But I just want to encourage anyone that... Yeah, just is frustrated that stuff keeps coming up and you can't move past it, that you're not like too late on healing, you're not too slow on healing, you're healing the pace that you need to be healed at, you probably have a lot more room to be more patient with it. I'm now slowly seeing the beauty in time and healing and also the balance of time and making small subtle changes in the way we like you think and the way you treat emotions and feelings and thoughts i definitely realize that i do intellectualize my feelings and my emotions and what happens internally for me sometimes i use uh i think i use that as a way to not feel what i want to what like is happening in my body and in my heart and my head so sometimes I'll just use my brain and intellectualize it and it makes me feel a little bit better which I don't think intellectualizing is always bad but I think sometimes it it does just make things more stressful for me and I felt disconnected a little bit with myself when I do that and I think for me just intellectualizing your Emotions and feelings is just when you feel a little bit uncomfortable or you feel sad or you feel whatever you're feeling instead of just sitting like actually letting it come up and listening to everything but not like agreeing with everything just listening to everything you feel like you have to be strong and suppress the emotions and suppress the feelings because you're scared you'll like lose control if they if you have feelings And to me, feelings don't equal an action. To me, feelings just equal feelings, you know? But when you intellectualize, it just suppresses the feelings and you focus on why you're feeling that way, how often you feel that way, but to the point where it's like you focus on it way too much. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm trying to describe how I personally intellectualize my emotions and I think that's kind of just it instead of feeling like logically I know that I will be messed up a little bit and broken from my divorce and I will not let that get in the way of things but then when the actual wounds come up and they feel and they are real and they are present and they are a part of me unfortunately and fortunately now I don't want to feel that I'd rather just be aware and just like, and like again, intellectualize. Like, okay, yes, logically it makes sense that if my husband left me and blah, 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 then blah, 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 you know? I think that's what it is. Instead of actually having it feel as real as it is and letting that happen. I'm curious to know if you guys would want an episode of just like all the nitty-gritty details. You guys probably would because people love the tea, but I don't really want to give it as like the tea, as in I don't know I just feel like I'm hesitant to share some stuff but if you guys want to know I'm happy to share it it's probably what the people want to hear you know I could probably get so many views on TikTok and Instagram if I have a bunch of clickbaity things that I say okay so really what I wanted to talk about today was two different things. This podcast episode is all over the place. So I'm sorry. One. So I was playing a video game with my brother, Clay, who was on the episode last week. And he said, what were we doing? This guy was trying to talk to us on chat on. So the game that we play is Apex and it's usually trio. So it's one, two, three people can play with each other. And usually it's me and someone else, and then sometimes I'll find a third person, but most of the time it's just me and my brother. So the third person in our party was just a random stranger on the internet playing, and he had a mic. Sometimes when people want to chat with you on Xbox or whatever game you're playing, they'll be like, hey, does anyone have a mic? You know, like, let's talk or whatever. Usually I don't respond, especially as a girl. You are uh, immediately when someone says, "Hey, does anyone have a mic?" and it is a man, I will not sp- say one word because I will be I am scared for my life. Um, if it's a girl, sometimes I'll say hi, but even then I kind of get scared of gamer girls, which is probably bad. But so this guy was trying to talk to us pretty much, and I was like, "Oh, I, like I feel bad. Like I don't want to talk, but like I feel bad. I probably should." And Clay was like, Abby, he's like, not everyone wants your pity. (laughs) And actually he was kind of kidding, but I think he was also kind of serious because it probably gets really annoying (laughs) and he couldn't be more right, honestly. And it really made me take a look at myself. I I don't want to pity people. Like I actually don't, I don't see it as pitying people, but then I look at some of the things I feel bad for. And I'm like, I actually hate feeling bad. Like, oh, I feel so bad for them. It's like, obviously it depends on what the situation is. But like something as small as someone's like, hey, does anyone have a mic? And no one responds. And then I'm like, oh, I feel bad. Like he's probably, <laughs> he's right. I should have just pity people. No one wants my pity. It's very true. Nobody, I don't want anyone's pity. Oh my gosh, there's actually nothing worse. Like even when I tell people like, situations that I've been in and sad things and hard things that I've gone through when people there's a difference between an empowering like recognition of the challenge that that must have been and that's horrible and I am so sorry that that's happened to you there's a difference between that and someone pitying you which is like I can't think of exactly the difference but I feel like there's just a tone you know and whenever someone pities me I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I feel like a baby. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a baby. I'm fine. You know, I can get through it. I'll be okay. Don't pity me. I don't, that's just something that I think was funny because I don't think I've ever realized how much I probably do. Hopefully not, but I do probably come off as pitying people. There's, there's, I love, I used to love, I feel like when you're young, you love pity. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe not. I don't know. I feel like you do love it when you're young because I always wanted to break my arm, my leg, have a cast, walk with crutches. Um, (laughs) I I think I said this in an episode before, but you know what the funniest thing to me was in high school? Why was it always the volleyball players that had the tape? Like it was always the volleyball players. Do you want to talk about pick me? It's always the volleyball players. They always had like, there's other sports, you know, and volleyball players were always the ones that had tape on every inch of their body. They always had something and it cracked me up because I just feel like you're 10 years old. What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? You're t- you're literally 10. How is any muscle or any joint or anything wrong with you? Anyways, because they wanted a little bit of pity. Let's be honest. And that's okay because we were all kids back then. And sometimes I still would like no, I wouldn't actually 0% of me would like that anymore because how annoying, how freaking annoying would that be to have a cast? When I broke my or when I did something to my ankle, it was the most annoying couple of months of my life. Just annoying, but glad it's okay now it was a good reminder is what I'm saying to not pity people to empower people to make them feel like no matter their situation that everything is going to work out for their good and they will take control and we can have moments where we feel like a victim where we feel sad we feel overwhelmed we feel angry we feel confused So it humbled me, I think, and I will not be having pity on anyone that tries to talk to me on chat now moving forward because they're probably fine. (laughs) I think it just, I think the reason why I want to talk about it is because right now there's a lot of narratives that go around, which I just think you have to be careful with how much you consume content that's talking about how you're like a victim to a bunch of stuff. Like, and I get like wanting to educate yourself and I... In, in wanting a better life, a better situation. But I think sometimes when there's too much, just, I don't know, like psychologically, it's not good when there's, you're consuming too much. That's like, you're victim to this, you're victim to that, you're victim to this. Like, I actually don't, I don't know, like, I don't want people to pity me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big girl. I can make decisions and I'll be okay. I feel like I, was really bad at consuming, not bad at, consu- well, I was good at consuming, I guess I could say. I consumed a lot of that type of content and it just got really exhausting and just discouraging, I think, because I felt like a lot of people pitied me. And when I tell them about like that I'm Christian, I, I feel like a lot of people pity me. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, if you want to understand, then just like ask me. Don't just assume and then pity people, I think, is more so what the whole point The whole point is. Which is what I did to that guy on chat. And maybe he was sad, but probably not because he did not have an attitude that he would be sad if no one talked to him. It was more like he had an attitude that if I was lifeline and I didn't immediately throw down my bot anytime anyone has like a sliver of health taken away, uh, he would yell at me. And then the second thing that I wanted to talk about was just to remind that not everything is a huge sign of something and not every tiny word, tone, phrase, color, I don't know, situation, circumstance is a sign of something of huge significance. Sometimes some things just are what they are. That's okay. You know, I used to take everything as a sign of something. If I was in the right place, wrong place, right time, wrong time, blah, 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 blah. And it got really overwhelming because I didn't. Oh, I just always felt like I was in the wrong place then because everything could be taken as a sign, which is all about your perspective. So there are some things that can be a sign or can reassure you that you're on the right path or that you're with the right person, some things like that. But I honestly don't think that that happens very often at all in your life, like at all, actually. I think we just have to be confident enough in ourselves and our ability to be on the right path and that God or whatever you believe in will lead us to where we need to go and where we're supposed to go to not overcomplicate it because I get really stressed when I start to overcomplicate everything in my life being like, well, is that a sign that I should take this job? Or is, I think that's that's probably why I've been thinking about this is because I've been applying for a lot of different jobs. And I've been interviewed a bunch. I actually get a lot of replies on my resume, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Uh so if anyone wants to pay me for a resume revision, I would love to I would love to help. Anyways, I have been applying and interviewing after like and having an inter <laughs> having interview after interview. I've just been really overwhelmed with decisions. Like I just feel like I have a lot of choices right now in my life and I feel very stagnant and scared to make one because I'm like well is this what I'm supposed to do is this what I'm supposed to do and I just think it's not that easy to mess up what's meant for you you know we think we're gonna screw up our lives and mess everything up so easily because sometimes we just have that limited belief and we can work on that that's okay so sometimes to look at your life instead of saying okay I'm gonna easily screw this up and and flip it to be a little bit more confident in ourselves and trusting in what's meant for us and that we'll choose it, you know? I feel like it's just an easier way to live and it's more peaceful, I think, for me, at least. So if that works for you, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's just for my overthinkers and maybe my OCD girls and guys out there that obsess over small things like that. I think that's all I have to say on that. And going back to the beginning of the episode about just my relationship anxiety and being a bit anxiously attached, I I, also, I have to tell myself that no matter what happens, even if the exact same thing happens again, that I really just don't want to give up on love, on a healthy relationship, on my dreams, on my goals, because, you know, if someone chooses not to love me, I'll still be okay and I have people who choose to love me um, like family and friends so I know that maybe that's catastrophizing but I think that's just really helpful for me to kind of ground myself but also that does kind of show how much I do catastrophize in that way every once in a while (laughs) of like if my partner needs one day away from me or two days, if a, my partner needs a couple of days or two days, not necessarily away from me, just like alone to get stuff done or to just be in his own presence alone. I'm immediately having to like reassure myself and be like, okay, you know what? Maybe he comes back and he says you're not for me and this is over. That would be horrible, and I would be really sad, and I'd feel sick, and I would be heartbroken for a, for a while, but. I was okay last time and I will be okay this time. And I still have people that love me. <laughs> yeah. That makes me sound a little bit crazy, but that's all in my head. <laughs> that's not helpful when you say it's all in your head. It's all, um, it is kind of all in my journal, in my head. We're, we're all, there's girls here. You guys are listening. You know, you know how it is. Anyways, okay, let's do a Dear Abby. I'm so sorry. This episode has been all over the place, but I hope it at least made a little bit of sense. Okay, so we have a voicemail. Thank you. It's brand new. I will say this every single week because we need your voicemails in order to make this podcast happen. You beautiful ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, please submit your voicemails to me asking silly fun, serious questions. And I would love to answer. They, again, they don't have to be super serious. They can, they can be whatever you want, honestly. So we did have someone write in about, um, farting in their leather chair. So, and I did find out who that was by the way. And I was correct that I did know them. I hope, I really hope I was watching. Okay. Sorry really quick. I was watching um videos back from when I was in New York when uh, my sister and JC went on tour for their podcast and I was thinking how horrifying that would be to do a live show and I don't know what that would look like for my type of podcast because I don't have anyone to improv with or to jump back and forth with. <laughs> So I don't know if I'd ever be able to do that. I think it would be more like TED Talk vibes, which I kind of hate that, you know? Like I actually kind of really hate that it would be TED Talk vibes. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be fun, but also real, you know? And a little bit different, but <laughs> I was like, how would that work? I'm getting ahead of myself. I know, I know. That won't happen for a long time, but I do want it to happen because I just think it would be fun. It's like this, this part of me, that if I met people and if we were all in the same room, I don't know. I just think that would be amazing. So I don't want it to be. That was bad. It's not TED Talk vibes. That was the worst thing I could have said. And I'll never get. <laughs> no one will ever go to my live shows. Here we go.
0: Dear Abby, I am in a situation where I have been in a friend, friendship, love, relationship um, with my best friend. We've never been official, but we've been very intimate with one another for three years okay. um, and in and out of love with one another, what? which is messy. We've lived together. Um, I moved out due to like, some situation, and he recently told me that he's going on a date with someone, and I can't help but feel angry, even though I feel like, I wouldn't ever want to be official with him, but knowing that he's not available to me and that it might ruin our friendship that we do have, like, we have such a good friendship outside of our messy relationship, intimate relationship, and he's like my comfort zone, and I I feel heartbroken, but at the same time, I feel like I don't know how to get over this because if I don't want him for some reason. I'm not sure why. I feel like I'm scared of, like, being vulnerable in that way with him. Regardless, I just don't know how to, like, let him do his thing and not hold him back while still being his friend, if that makes any sense. Thank you for listening. Thank you if you respond. Um, I look forward to hearing your next podcast, any podcast that you put out. (laughs) Have a
1: Oh boy, we got a pickle. Uh, okay, first things that come to my mind: one, um, you gotta let him do his thing because you know if it's meant to be, and you guys are great together. It, well, I don't even know what you want though because I don't think you know what you want. It sounds like like you can't. Unfortunately, we can't just keep people to have like a comfort zone. If he's going on a date, that means he's ready and he's wants to go on a date with someone. So especially if he asked her on a date, then there's something that, you know, he's he wants. Like he probably wants a real relationship that has, it sounds like has a little bit more structure and isn't as messy maybe is what he probably wants. Um, or maybe he wants even more messy, but it's normal it's a normal feeling that when you're intimate with someone and you're with someone all the time and you know you are vulnerable with them in some ways then when they give attention to someone else and you've shared stuff with them, it's always going to feel like very, very hurtful and it's okay to feel angry like that's you're not bad for feeling angry. but I think don't act on that feeling and let him do his thing and if you want to actually have a like a conversation be like hey look I don't want to lose you unfortunately I don't know it's hard for me to see a way out and you guys are still good friends because if you're friends that slip up and are more sometimes and then you're in love and then you're not in love you guys need some time away <laughs> from each other because I'm exhausted listening to that and I think it's very confusing probably and for your poor hearts you know I don't think your heart can handle back and forth back and forth and like someone being a comfort zone and then they're not and then they are and then they're not it's a lot healthier to just have things be structured and you know what someone is to you you know how they feel about you let him do his thing and it's okay that you feel angry and hurt and confused that's a very normal feeling but you need to set some boundaries and you need to hold yourself accountable for those boundaries. And same with him. He probably needs to as well. Definitely. So if you don't want to be intimate, if you don't want to get physical with him, if you don't want to do any of that stuff until you know that, I mean, honestly, that's what I would do just because I get really emotionally attached to people I'm physical with ever in any capacity, honestly. So I would just say, hey, look, I don't know what we are, but I don't think I can watch you be with other girls while I have an emotional investment in you. So I think either that's it for us and maybe we can try to remain friends, which I honestly don't think that's like the healthiest thing because it sounds like you guys struggle to like keep certain boundaries. just depends on what you want. If you want him and you want a relationship with him, like an actual real relationship, then definitely tell him, say, okay, this is what's going to change. And set it lay it all out there it feels so much better to lay things all out there because even if it doesn't work out and I know this is cliche but genuinely this is how I felt in my life when you lay everything out there you can't do anything else and so your mind can rest and your heart can rest knowing that you actually did try everything and you were honest and you were open instead of trying to play like a certain character or act like you're something and that you're feeling something you're not It just helps push life along you know it's a better foundation i think for any type of a relationship anyways i'm not gonna lie the falling in and out of love got me because that's what's that's what um, feels like so tiring i think to me because it's like just commit or don't commit that's my two cents on that issue thank you so much for sending that in okay i think that's all I don't, I really don't know how long I've been talking, so hopefully I don't look at the timer and it's like way less or way more. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sad, depressing, (laughs) all over the place episode. Um, I hope you guys have a great weekend and do something fun this weekend. I will be having fun this weekend because I'm going to a murder mystery party and the location is the Wild Wild West. My name will be Annie Croakley, and I'm a sh- I'm a sharpshooter. I'm the best I'm the best girl sharpshooter that's ever been in Dead Man. Dead Man is the city. So that's what I'm gonna be doing this weekend, and we're gonna try to figure out who shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. Oh, uh, i kind like of don't want to end the episode because i feel like i've just been so sad girl the whole time i want to be happy and fun i'm happy and fun now i think i think i'm happy and fun again of course it's right when the episode is ending oh that's so annoying why does this always happen this is the story of my life all of a sudden I'll just be like wait am I okay oh my gosh I'm okay and then the rest of the day I just feel like I'm floating you know <laughs> I think I'm okay I think life is good you know I think everything's actually okay and I think I'm gonna get through this and I think I'm gonna have a good life and I'm, there's gonna be a lot of good things that happen to me and I'm gonna be rich <laughs> I'm going to be really rich. I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to make way more money than you. And I'm, I'm okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really don't want to end though. I'm actually having fun now because I'm in a little bit of a better mood. So now I want to stay on the podcast. So I guess we just keep, I guess we just, what do we, we just keep going? <laughs> we can because I'm in charge. I'm literally in charge. I can keep you guys here for as long as I want. (laughs) I'm literally losing my mind. This is um, this is what happens. That I think this. I kind of look like I'm wearing a wig right now. My hair is not the cutest it's been. It's also because I'm not used to wearing my hair curly, which maybe I should because then it wouldn't look like a wig because it would just look like my normal hair because that's how I normally wear it. Sheesh! End the episode already. okay thank you so much for listening seriously and i'm sad i'm gonna end it but maybe i'll record the week the, the episode after this episode so that i can keep talking to <laughs> you guys i spent a lot of money on my costume for this weekend love you guys so 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 much and have the best weekend do something fun take yourself out Whatever you guys do just do it. Love
0: you. Bye. <laughs>